Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It will never not amaze me that people have time, so much time, to spend on <laughs> things they hate. I don't even have time to spend on all the things I like. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes, Sometimes when you can see straight. <laughs> you know, we start these a lot by just saying that it's been it's been a week. Uh, and I think that's because it always has been a week. Yeah. And sometimes more than others. But we've also been talking just generally, you know, as we've mentioned in the past, about some things that we want to touch on and, and ask you guys, our listeners, for some thoughts on what you want to hear about. And we we kind of wanted to delve a little bit, even if only surface level, into bullying. for Well, for kids, but I mean, I guess you, you probably know better than anyone else, Heather, that bullying also exists in the adult world. <laughs> especially online like the, the people the people who hate listen to this podcast think that we don't know that they're hate listening <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it just exists in their own little bubble but that's not quite what happens they have no idea that we're like playing them like little puppets so um, oh yeah yeah but i think bullying is uh, a hot yeah. topic at, mm-hmm. at every i mean really at every age like i, I mean for adults, but I think in in more situations, adults have more tools to help them cope with it or ignore it or whatever. And kids don't so much. Right. And I think the internet and technology has also made bullying extra terrible and easier. Yeah, I think what I have gone through in the last uh, four days um, has given me a very clear so I even told you this like I have been uh, my friend Cammie who is 30 she's a millennial as are you and she has spent the last three weeks here I took her to the airport yesterday I took her to the airport yesterday with plenty of time for her to get to her to her gate. As you do, that is your thing. I mean, yes, and and she's the same way. She and she we there hasn't been a lot of sleep going on in the last four or five days. No one's really been sleep. Well, Cami and I didn't sleep very much, and uh, she fell asleep at the gate and <laughs> could sort of hear during her sleep state, like the like the boarding you know, they're calling for boarding the plane, but she thought it was for the plane <laughs> at the gate next to her, but it was actually her plane and she slept oh, through it and goodness. she missed her flight. Um, so I went back and picked her up and she went on a red eye last night back to New York. Um, but I, th- 
having spent the last three weeks with her um, intimately, but not, no, of course, not like <laughs> to say that yeah. and rumors are going to spread. Um, I have such a better insight into your generation and what you're going through. Also, what has happened with uh, Marlo over the past few days has given me an insight into like the crazed basically what technology is doing to kids and what they're going through and i it's a it's a long 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 and complicated <laughs> oh yeah Fuckery. well we have like a good 55 minutes left so but okay. i think i will say though yeah i think everything that has happened i'm i i know i'm the resident pessimist here but i'm going to i'm going to find the silver lining which sounds fucking impossible <laughs> given the whole situation. Well, I think I think the silver lining here is that like there is a I'm I'm going to I'm I'll talk about this publicly just because it's such an, a huge huge insight into what is happening. And I don't think I don't think we've ever people have ever really articulated exactly like I mean Yes, screen time is like messing up kids' brains and we're, they're, all they're doing is screening and they're not going outside and playing in dirt and, and all that. But there's also a, an emotional element to this that I had not considered. What do you mean by that? So I got Marlo a phone for Christmas just so that we could text and talk uh, because sometimes, often she likes to stay after school and have her teacher help her with her math. Oh, wow. So I need to know when to come pick her up. And I would just like to be able to communicate with her when she's away from home. Like I limited, there was like only one app on the phone that she could use. So it was literally just to like talk and text. Okay. I believe it was Sunday night that she called me up into her room and she was like... Uh, she had this look on her face, like it was like a black mirror episode. <laughs> um, the phone was across the room. Like she had tossed it over on some pillows and she was sitting there looking at me and she was just like gripped with terror. So on Monday I spoke to the principal and to her teacher. And then we had an emergency session with her, ther her therapist. I think we've discussed this before. There's a, these kids like to get into group texting and group FaceTiming. Yep. We, we've mentioned this before, right? Does Lexton do that? No. He, no. he doesn't care about communicating with people. <laughs> He's said, which I'm, it's infuriating, but in some situations it's also pretty great. But I will also say, and this is the one part where I think it's hard with you and I, because you have girls and I have a boy, but neither one of us has like both. I guess though your your yeah. new blended situation, you are kind of seeing both. Yeah. Because in part, I mean he he does he does have, you know, group texting with close groups of friends, but these are like five guys that are the conversations are ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they're not even really conversations. It's mostly just communicating back and forth with memes and gifts and Completely yeah. harmless, but I think it's different with girls, just based on what mm -hmm. we've talked about. Yeah, really quickly, you know, a quick tangent. So Cowboy's son 
moved to the dorms last week. The the kids had come home from Christmas and they had all gotten new games for the Nintendo and the Switch and what and whatnot. And he 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 is amazing with Marlo because he's had a younger sister his whole life, right? Right. So he's amazing with Marlo, and Marlo's never had an older brother. They went to go tour the dorms uh, the morning before he moved in, and Marlo's like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And she was so sad when he left. Like, it was really, really precious to, I mean, it was sad, but it was, like, precious to think, oh, she she loves this kid. <laughs> right. They developed that connection in a pretty short amount of time, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's close, though, so that's good. Yeah, he's close. That's nice. Yeah. We'll see him often. Yeah, so there's a group text going on between, there are four girls in the text, and it very quickly devolves into uh, saying terrible things to each other. Very, very quickly. Because one of them is very impatient, and she doesn't like it when people don't respond immediately. And then the name-calling starts happening, and then it devolves into really terrible stuff. And is this, if I can ask, is this like everybody attacking everybody or does it inevitably turn into like a three on one or two on two situation? It, all of that. Okay. All of it. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. When I talked to the principal about it, she was just, she's, I love her and she's shout out to, to Deborah. She sat back in her chair and she's like, oh my God. She's like, this is like the fourth or fifth group texting incident that has impacted the kids at school like it's happening and it's happening in the fourth fifth and sixth grade where these kids get into these group texts and it becomes a horrifyingly bullying situation and i don't think they even understand that they're bullying in the fourth fucking grade yes i yes uh, (laughs) i don't understand you don't even know what you are in fourth grade. Like No. And so oh, man. I went to her therapist and he, he is very unique in his technique. Um, I usually go in at the beginning of the therapy session and I say what's going on and then I leave and then Marlo goes in or Lita goes in. Lita actually wants to see a, a female therapist. So anyway, he's really good with young kids and he does this art therapy with them where he gets them to like sort of express their emotions through art and he's amazing with Marlo. She loves him. I had called him after Marlo and I had a talk and I was like, I need, I really need to see you soon. So he like literally stayed after his normal appointments to see us. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I told him what was going on and he talked to Marlo and then he called me back in and literally we're now an hour and a half past when he usually goes home. And he talked to me longer than he's ever talked to me before. Like not rushed in the least, just let's figure this out. No, he was just like, so, and this is the insight that it gave me because it completely matched up with the look on her face when he said, so they were in a group text situation and it devolved into people being angry at each other. And Marlo was overcome with a feeling of anger that, ter- that scared her to death. Like 
she didn't understand that emotion. She couldn't comprehend the emotion that she was feeling. And so, and she literally told me, please take that away. I don't ever want to see it again. About your phone? About her phone, rather? About her phone. Yes. So that was what... So it wasn't even anything like that was specifically said to her. It was just her inability to recognize and process the anger that, that resulted emotion. from that. Yeah, and it was. I, and that's I think fascinating. What's, not in a like right? a good way, but I mean that's really interesting, huh? Like these kids are being confronted with emotions that they shouldn't be confronted with for another decade, right? Oh yeah. And so that emotion comes along. They they do not know what that emotion is even. And it was terrorizing for her. I think that's what's going on with a lot of kids in this technology is that there is an emotional component that they are too young to deal with. And it is, it is terrorizing for them. It's horrifying for them. She has not asked for that phone. She doesn't want to see it. She, yeah, it's, that was the insight that I got. It's been, it's been, it's been an interesting few days with all of this. Well, it's, I mean, not, not that this makes it easier for her to process. I guess from my perspective, it's almost comforting to know that it wasn't like, it wasn't one thing in particular. It wasn't like something that she disliked about herself necessarily. It was I mean, it was, it's really an, an immaturity thing. Like she doesn't know how to handle that emotion. Yeah. Which is, I guess, a bigger issue, but. She, did, she didn't even understand. She didn't understand that emotion. She didn't understand what she was feeling. And it was like scary for her. And it wasn't like, well, she called me stupid or she told me that I'm dumb or that I suck. Like it wasn't any of that. It was just like as she was reading all of these messages, something happened emotionally for her that was extraordinarily confusing. Wow. Well, I think, I mean, given everything that's happening today, just in our, in our country and in the world, that's really sad because we're, I mean, what that means, and it's, it's great that Marlo has that therapist and great that she has you, but not all kids have that. Right. And not all kids feel that they can talk to their parents about it. Not all parents respond in a way that helps them explore it. So these kids who are, you know, in third grade or fourth grade or fifth grade are facing this just visceral hate that they don't know how to process. Right. But find some way to process it. And it just, I mean, I would imagine it will just get uglier and uglier because they don't know they don't know what to do with it. And I think hate's going to lead to anger or, or violence or any, or, or self-harm. I mean, any number of things. And that's far too young to try and wrap your mind around that. Yeah. And so here I am. <laughs> you, you, we had that whole episode about like homes. So if you want to homeschool, we, <laughs> we are happy for you to do that, but we're not going to do it. And then you started homeschooling. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I am, I have always been because Lita is capable 
of going into the phone and then coming out of the phone. Like she's really, she's very capable of separating those things. I've always been the parent who's like, well, you know, she, she, she works so hard elsewhere. It's fine that she's on the phone for a couple hours a night. Like I'm like screen time, whatever. And now I'm the parent who is not letting my younger child have any screen time at all. Like she gets like an hour on the weekend. That's it. Which you've noticed has helped. Yes. Tremendously. But, but I'm guessing, I mean, even though it's obviously limited to what it can do, the exception is the phone, which means the exception is texting. Yes. Yeah. God, that's so hard. And she has good friends, right? That she doesn't Mm -hmm. get in these arguments with. So it's hard to then say, well, you can't, you can't text because that's her line of communication with her friends. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I've gone in and I've blocked a few people on, on her iPad and on her, on her phone. I've blocked the kids who are, he also, he also had this insight into Marlowe. And I, I don't think I'm violating her privacy by saying this because I'm, I think a lot of kids are probably like this. She is a really, really sweet kid and she's a people pleaser and her heart and her brain don't know how to deal with manipulative behavior. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Well, the, the kind, like the, just, I I don't like that word because it's so generic, but like just the genuinely nice kids get shit on. And there's really no other way to put it. The manipulative behavior to them is like really confusing and they don't know how to feel and they want to please. And so it, but you can't really please a manipulator. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, they don't want to be pleased, ultimately. I mean, once you've yeah. done what they want you to do, then there's something else and something else and something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a lot. And it's hard, too, because you, like, you want to help her understand the emotion. But at the same time, she shouldn't have to at that age. Like... Life is long. You got plenty of time to hate, but not when you're little. <laughs> plenty of time like, to hate. You got time to hate when you're older. Just save that. But that's so. I mean, even as an adult, it's a it's a feeling. It's a gross feeling to feel that kind of like anger towards someone. Yeah, is is hard to process. So I can't even imagine as a little brain like to to try to do that. The principal even expressed what you just expressed. She's like, you know, oh my God, I'm, I'm so happy that Marlo has these resources. You know, I'm happy that I, I can afford his hourly rate because, you know, mental health isn't covered by my insurance. So I've like saved up enough money so that I can pay to go see him. We're going to be seeing him weekly now just to sort of process some, some stuff that's gone on. I have that resource. And like you said, there are so many kids out there who either don't want to communicate what they're experiencing and they don't have the resources to help them process it. Right. Well, I think too, I mean, even outside of professional therapy, there's, it's easy as an adult. Like if she came to you and, and said, this is what happened. This group text It's easy as an adult to say, well, just don't text those people. Just stop communicating. And that solves the problem. And it does, but not for her, not in her brain, because that doesn't erase what happened. And all that really does is, is tell kids, I need to figure out how to deal with it myself. And I'm not going to say anything next time. 
-hmm. because she also doesn't know. I mean, that's a separate skill in itself. When you identify people who are toxic and say, I'm no longer going to associate with them. Like that takes some time. I mean, I'm going to be 35 and I don't even know if I'm a hundred percent good at that. Like it takes, <laughs> it, it, it takes a serious effort, you know? Well, so yeah, it takes a serious effort and it's, and I think she's a lot like me. I have a hard time setting boundaries because I, I want to please and people pleasers are just like, have a really hard time saying this is my limit. This is the limit that I have set and you have crossed that limit. It's very hard for us to do that. And so when we get into relationships that are manipulative, we're very easily manipulated. Yeah. Well, because I think you set, you set that limit mm -hmm. to protect yourself basically. But then when that limit is crossed or pushed, you blame yourself. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's not going to work at all. <laughs> just, it just won't, but it's a hard, it's a hard cycle to break. There's a friend of hers that they play all the time together, but then that Marlo's limit gets crossed and Marlo is like, I, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, well, then you have to like separate yourself from her. But then Marlo comes home and she's like, we're fine. Everything's fine. And it's like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's like this vicious, vicious, vicious cycle where Marlo's limit gets crossed and then Marlo forgives. And then, it, yeah, it's just over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. think that piece of it is almost normal for that age. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I can remember when Lexton was little and he'd be really good friends with someone and then not friends with them at all. And then suddenly friends again, because when you, if you don't have that really intense hate and bullying to deal with, it's just this simplicity of, of a, kids emotions like their simplified version like i don't like them they were mean to me oh i guess they really weren't that mean i like them again and that can work yeah. unless there's that bullying element and half of that equation is genuinely out to do harm yeah now i i mean i imagine lita is aware of what's going on yes lita's very aware and like and lita's a lot like lexton in the sense she doesn't ever do group texting you know right I looked at her screen time for the last week and she spends most of her time just scrolling through Instagram. You know, she texts her friends here and there, but there's, she really only texts her friends to be like, Oh, do you want to meet here? Or do you want to meet there? Whereas I, Marlo's generation is like telling stories and like, what are you wearing and what are you doing? And let's make up a story. And like, they're having this, this whole like interaction uh, that that isn't like technical like Lita's doing it well she's texting with a purpose I mean yeah that actually makes me feel a lot better because I feel like I mean I, I feel like you have to communicate with your friends and this sounds weird but even when you don't need something like even if you don't want to hang out it's okay to communicate with people like mm -hmm. to have that and he he doesn't but but his friends <laughs> don't either it's only when they want to get together yeah that they text. And I feel like that's kind of weird, <laughs> but it works. And maybe that's just, maybe that is the age. Like they don't need to spend the time having a conversation via text. Maybe they just don't. I don't yeah. know. I guess I'd rather that than having to deal with a bully situation. And it's hard. I mean, yeah. I, I hate bringing this guy up 
I hate acknowledging his existence right now, but Louis C.K. <laughs> in stand-up from like years ago, he he was talking about bullying in the digital age, and he he made a really interesting observation that because texting eliminates the face-to-face, and I think the the example he used was was one girl calling another girl fat. He said, you can say that via text and you don't have to see the person's face or body language or reaction or the hurt. So then you don't even have to feel that it was bad because that, that has been disconnected. Mm -hmm. And I do think there is a lot to that. I mean, there are obviously kids who bully face to face. It's not that it would eliminate it, but I think it just makes it a lot easier because you can say really nasty things and the other, the person on the other end could be crying and you don't know that. Right. And that's a dangerous, it's a dangerous situation. Well, it's basically, <laughs> it's like my comment section come alive, <laughs> come, come alive. Like, you know, I've been dealing with this for 18 years, right? Like people saying shit to me that, you know, horrifying, horrifying judgments when they know nothing about what's going on, really. They know everything about you, Heather, stop. Just like the complete misunderstanding or the complete, like, min- like, deliberately misinterpreting what I'm doing. And like, I've been dealing with that for 18 years. Right. But now my nine year old is dealing with that with friends, like people she knows. Yeah. Like these are people I don't know, but these are people she knows in real life and has to go interact with the next day. Well, it's because those people in your comment section spawn children. (laughs) That's, that's what happens. But there is, I mean, there is an amount of truth to that. Like if those people who are, you know, 35 and in your comment section telling you you're a horrible mother or any number of awful things have kids, like even, even if it's not direct, their acceptance of behavior like that is conveyed to their children. Mm -hmm. It, It just is. I mean, just like if you, if you do kind things, your kids pick up on it. It sucks that they're so little in doing that. Yeah. But, but even, I mean, I know you've mentioned this before, like you struggled with dealing with that hate as an adult. It's a very strange phenomenon to deal with. Like I like most people in, in, most people can count on one hand, the number of people that they don't get along with. Right. Or who they have a bad relationship with. Right. And then suddenly when my website took off like i was very very aware that there were like hundreds if not thousands of people who really did not like me like or who were deliberately misinterpreting every single decision and word that i said and for no reason like for no gain at all no and and it's a weird it's a weird reality to deal with and i've talked about this before where like you see these celebrities who shoot to fame and are suddenly confronted with, oh my God, there's all of this scrutiny. There is a scrutiny that is so intense. And you read some of the scrutiny and you're like, well, this person has no idea what's going on, really going on in my life. And they're making this judgment about me that is completely not true. And you're not supposed to care about it, but it's a weird, weird reality to deal with. Right. Well, to, to have to acknowledge that someone hates you f- for no reason other than hate. Mm-hmm. 
is just bizarre. And we've talked about this before that it's, I mean, in part it's, it's sad in part. It's always, it will never not amaze me that people have time so much time to spend on (laughs) things they hate. I don't even have time to spend on all the things I like, but people take, I mean, like people will hate, listen to this episode and devote an hour of their day to hate it. And then more time talking about why they hate it. Mm -hmm. I can't wrap my head around that. There are just so many better ways to spend your time. Yeah. This morning I looked at my calendar and I was like, I really like, I'm, I, I, I'm so far behind on email and catching up and there's like a, you know, there's a million things to do. And I was like, I, I, I need a four hour block of time to catch up. And I don't see in my calendar where I can do that. <laughs> no. I, and I don't know how people have the time to sit down and, and this, and so this sort of segues into your generation. Can we talk about you guys? Well, we can. And that's what I was getting at earlier on when I was talking about the silver lining is you've faced a lot of these challenges and you're from one generation. Cammie mm-hmm. is facing challenges. She's from a different generation. Marlo is facing challenges. She's from a different generation. Yes. So it's like this full spread and spectrum to see the similarities and differences, which I, I do think that's a silver lining because I think it's probably helpful for you to see how things have changed or not changed. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. <laughs> I, I did engage, and I'm going to completely come clean about this. Well, it's, it's there. It's not a race. It's, it's somewhere on my Facebook feed. But... I got into an argument with a millennial and I totally took the low road and I was just like, fuck you, millennial, like fucking grow up, like fucking pull it together. You know, that's like what I was thinking. Yeah, we get that a lot. I know you do. You get that a fuck ton. Yep. But then I started spending more time with millennials and I started understanding like, so I I don't know if I've told this story before, but I went out when I was dating in Utah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I don't know what this 51 year old dude um, <laughs> and we went to oh, a Vietnamese man. restaurant Okay, and I, I should have known something was wrong when he didn't open the menu right he knew what he wanted and he was sort of annoyed that it was taking me like a few minutes to decide what I wanted because everyone studies the menu before a date <laughs> well he, I guess he he goes there a lot so he knows what he wants so you know, I order my food and we eat and it's just, 
he was just really, I don't know, he's just really angry. And mind you, I am at the height of my depression. The height of the worst depression of my life. So really not even wanting to be there anyway, but trying to yeah. force yourself to be social. And mm-hmm. you know. and I was like, whoa, he's angrier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and for some stupid reason, I agreed to go to a second location with him. We went and got drinks afterward. And I bought the drinks and it was a crowded bar. We, we found a, we found a table and I sit down and I was like, gosh, I couldn't get the attention of the bartender. And he's like, Oh, it's a millennial over there. And I'm like, Oh God, here it goes. As in the bartender is a millennial and that's why you couldn't get yeah. their attention. Oh, good yeah. God. And, uh, that's, that's millennial behavior. And I was like, what? And like, I gave him this like really confused look like, what are you talking about? And he said, and he, he goes off. He did the same. He's like, you know, when I was their age, I had school debt. I did this. Yep. And yep. I looked at him and I said, you sound like my dad. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. And he's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. Do you understand? Do you understand the pressure that these kids are under? And the fact that they, they are. And I, I started to defend you guys you guys it's okay let me in there i was like do you understand the debt that they're facing like they're facing an amount of debt that you cannot comprehend as a 51 year old man uh in terms of like just getting educated oh yeah massive and like mortgage debt mortgage getting educated debt. yeah and and because of that they are delaying most of life's activities like getting married or having children or buying a home because just to get a a degree is costing them their entire lives and he was just like for fuck's sake they just need to fucking grow up and i lost my mind i raged i told the story to cammy i was like cammy i became you (laughs) and i took my drink and i threw it across the table at him (laughs) really Holy God, that's awesome. Yes. I have never heard this story. I totally oh, wow. forgot about it. And I, I was like, I was just like, fuck you. And I like threw my drink across the table at him. And I got up and I left. <laughs> oh, wow. So did you hear from him again? No. Okay. No, no. Oh, man. No, and I, I've spent enough time around millennials to... I will say this, I, I am sensing a collective malaise among your generation yeah. that it's hard to explain, but there is a collective malaise and a tinge of hopelessness among certain millennials, a lot of millennials, many, 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 many millennials. And it's a tangible, palpable malaise that is going on among them and i have actually never witnessed closer friendships when i when i'm around them their friendships are just like this malaise is bonding them because they're just like what are we gonna do (laughs) yeah yep i mean i have a handful of friends and i think and and some of them are my closest dearest friends and every time we get together every single time we talk about student loans every time. And we've all been out of school for like 10 years, at least some of them longer. 
And that's a topic because not because we're getting close to paying it off, but because it's, it's almost this depressing joke that we're never going to. Yeah. We can't, there's no way because it's those payments plus rent or mortgage plus a car plus all of these things, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then you have the people like, well, then you don't, you don't need a car payment. You shouldn't have a car payment. Okay. Well, we have to get to work and buy groceries. (laughs) Like you can't expect millennials to not live. They have to live. Mm -hmm. No, I agree that you don't necessarily need a, a BMW, but you need a car. You know, you, you need to go out with friends. You need to feel like you shouldn't have to sit at home and eat ramen to pay off your student loan debt. Right. But it is that malaise. I think that's a really interesting observation. And I guess I hadn't, I guess I hadn't considered it that way because at least in my circle, it's, which is terrible, but it's become funny how hopeless it is. <laughs> that's your, that, that's sort of your way to deal with it. Oh, completely. Yeah. It's a coping mechanism yeah. for it because when you, I think when you're so far down in a pit, and see no way out, you can just kind of sit there and despair or make it a joke. But either way, the situation is not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's well, hard. A lot of the millennials that I have hung out with, God, it sounds like I hate, I, it sounds so technical when I say that, but they have witnessed what uh, it takes for me to raise my children and the the you know the logistics of having two kids just two just two two very very good kids yep. and it, and i and many of them have expressed to me there's i can't i don't i don't see how i could possibly have children and afford the time or the money how 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 am i supposed to do that like how the logistics of raising a kid are like mind-blowing when when it comes to the fact that you're already so in debt and can't climb out of it right well i mean we've talked about you know we always talk about dropping balls and it's kind of like when you're already barely keeping them in the air if at all and then you think Mm -hmm. about you know getting married and having two kids it's basically like acknowledging that either the kids are going to be the balls you drop or you're going to have to drop others because there's, there's no way to juggle it all. So you choose not to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see like with Lita and Lexton and Marlo, what changes. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hopeful-ish, but it doesn't, I don't know. I say interesting, but it's also kind of terrifying to think about. Just as an example, my my cousin who used to babysit for us when Marla was one from, she, she got married and she's got two kids now and she stays home to raise them. And her husband has gone uh, he got a, a degree in social work and then he had to go get another like graduate degree in order to get his, his certificate to do social work. And social work doesn't pay very well. No. 
No, any service no. that helps people in need really tends to not pay a whole lot. And that's, that is he, and he's good at it. Like that is his like calling in life is to like, he's really, really, really good with people. And so here he's gone and he's spent how much money to get that degree? Because that's like what the, he's best in the world at. And, and I can see somebody going, well, he shouldn't have gotten a degree in social work. You know, like go get a degree in business. And yeah, because <laughs> fuck all those people who actually need help from social workers. <laughs> yep. And so they have been living the, their entire married lives in the basement of either their mother or their father's house so that they can afford to live. And because she really, really, really wanted kids. And, uh, you know, I just have a lot of empathy for. Um, I just don't, I, the judgment that I ever had about, oh, come on, you know, like, so for instance, when I graduated college, now I didn't have any debt. I didn't have any college debt because I had a scholarship, right? but I had an English degree. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I had an English degree. So I got it. I got a job working, taking reservations for Delta airlines and then I got a job with a an internet business. So I was I was working basically like fourteen hours a day, to and I lived with four people to be able to afford my rent. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't the ideal like situation, you know. Even though like I went through all of that and I somehow came out the other side of it, I I look at what you guys are going through and I have so much empathy for. Jesus Christ, the, the, the hill that you have to climb. Jesus. Yep. Well, just the general hill, but then the fact that absolutely everything is the fault of millennials. Yes. Like, we can't do this because millennials eat this certain thing. Or we can't do this because millennials <laughs> really like takeout. Or we can't, like, it's just, like, honestly, just fuck off. I saw there was mm-hmm. something, this was a while back, but someone had posted like a photo on Twitter of a collage of garages, like six or eight garage. And the whole point was, you know, Apple started in a garage, Amazon's, it was all these huge companies that started in a garage and someone responded and they were like, yeah, too fucking bad. We can't afford garages. (laughs) Like that must be the problem. That's why we're not successful. But it is, it's just like, I don't know. I know they exist and they exist in every generation and every race and every gender, but I don't know any millennials who are just kicking back and not doing a damn thing. Like I, I don't, they're busting their ass to make things work. I saw a tweet. Someone said, would you rather listen to a millennial complain about their student loans? Or would you rather listen to a boomer talk about how much he fucking hates his wife? Yep. Yep. I <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Are we going to get a lot of shit for this episode? Oh, we might get a lot of shit for this episode. <laughs> but it but I mean it's I mean it's to bring it full circle, it's generational bullying. There's an and 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 there's so much depression in your generation. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So much depression. 
And to add to that, because mental health care is often not covered and a lot of people don't have great insurance, it doesn't really get taken care of or treated. No, correctly. Right. So it's just, it's a shit show and it's all the millennials fault. Ultimately, (laughs) like you didn't major in business or medicine. So now you can't pay off your student loans and you're depressed and that's on you. Yeah. So if everyone just majored in business, we'd be good. Solve everything. <laughs> and then and then a millennial majors in business and opens a bakery that serves toast with avocado and gets fucking <laughs> shit on because that's the millennial problem. So it's a lose-lose like at every single turn. So take Amy, for instance. She's one of, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of, of, of people in your generation who have gone to New York to pursue what they want to do in life, right? Yep. And they work their asses off with for no money as interns in these in these uh, industries while while working as at a coffee shop or while serving tables or while bartending to pay their bills. So they're literally working 20 hours a day trying to break into what they want to do in life. And it's so difficult that you're 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 still bartending at 30 right and not and not that bartending is like a dead-end place but that bartending is not what what they wanted ultimately to be doing they didn't go to new york to bartend they went to new york to do something else and they're bartending because that actually pays them and and they and these are these are aspirational and ambitious people who have risked all of this going to like one of the most expensive places to live in the world and they aren't lauded for that ambition or that aspirational nature in, in them. They are demeaned because it's like, well, you should have done something else. Yep. Yep. And it, that, but that's what I mean with like that lose lose is, you know, they say millennials need ambition. They need to go find opportunities. So these, these people literally go physically go to find opportunity and can't get it. Mm-hmm. And then are blamed for that, or they'll say, "Well, you shouldn't have moved to New York; it's too expensive." Well, where exactly. are they going to go? Like the middle of Iowa for an opportunity? <laughs> I mean, it it just it doesn't make sense. But it's easier to just point to a person or a generation as the problem than take a step back and look at society in general and figure out what the issue is. Mm-hmm. J- just like it's easier to you know, hate, listen to this episode and then find a a random website somewhere that is devoted to hate and bitch about it than it is to actually just sit back and be like, what am I so angry about that I need to hate, listen and devote my time to hate? It's just, and I don't keep bringing that. I'm not like we're having these major issues with hate listeners, but it's just a good example because it's a scapegoat Mm -hmm. ultimately. For what, it really depends on, but that's what it is. I also think that you guys sort of came up, so we were were adults, we, (laughs) we were adults as technology was transforming, right? And technology over the last 10 years has literally just jumped a thousand years, right? Technology is, I mean, literally again, like we were having an argument in 2005 
over whether or not we should have music on our phones, right? right? right. <laughs> and so as adults, we've been able to, I mean, we're emotionally capable of handling this change in technology. You guys were coming of age as all of this technology was developing and changing and moving. And I think that somewhere in there, there was, there's a glitch and, and maybe that glitch is responsible for the malaise. And in addition to the fact that you have, you know, $70,000 in student loans to pay off. <laughs> in, in addition to that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I mean, contributes. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And then I guess, I don't know, maybe this is a stretch, but you look and say the millennials that do have kids, like, I mean, I'm, I'm on the older end of millennial. I know that, but I'm, I still fit into that category, but the millennials that do have kids are, are facing, still facing this incredible uphill battle Mm -hmm. and trying to raise kids who are, you know, in group texting hell or fighting their own challenges. And you've got one person who's feeling incredibly hopeless, trying to help little people who are coming to terms with those emotions too. Yeah. And that's a, that's an awful, just a shit situation. Which is why we need good social workers. Right. I mean, it is, I mean, we need good social workers and good therapists and good insurance and Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you imagine how many more assholes there would be if everybody majored in business and no one majored in social work? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, I'm glad that you brought that up. My dad, when he went back to college, he went for social work and I mean, he even knew, oh, really? he knew there was not money in it, but that's, I mean, 35, 40 years ago when he went to college initially, that's what he wanted to do because he knew that's what he was meant to do. And when he went back, that's what he pursued for the same exact reason. And it is just, there's so much expected. It's such an uphill battle. There's so much red tape and you get nothing for it. And these people need help. Yeah. And you get nothing to help them. It's just, everything is so backward. Oh God. This was a really uplifting one. But it is, it's, it's so, it's so important. I mean, just across the board, I know we started with, with bullying, but it is. And in part, because you've had a, you've had one of those weeks that's like a month and a half and it needed to be addressed, but. Yeah. 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 But I, I really do feel like there's been a breakthrough, like that, that therapist, her her therapist insight into like these kids are experiencing emotions that they aren't supposed to experience for a very much much later in life and they don't know how to deal with it and it's it is a terrorizing feeling for them like it's literally it's literally a fucking black mirror episode like it's an 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 uh, it's an actual living breathing black mirror episode that these kids are like oh, why am i feeling this way yeah yep and then, I mean, I imagine he doesn't necessarily have an answer for this, but because they are now facing those emotions that they're not ready to or mentally prepared to face, how do you help them understand them in a way that is acceptable to them, but also mm-hmm. processable to them? Right. And I, I don't think there's one necessarily one answer because that's the thing is that kids are so smart 
that they know if you're just blowing smoke up their ass. So you have to find a way to not dumb it down, but, but simplify it so that they can process it without them feeling like you're treating them like they're idiots. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's a challenge with kids with parenting just in general. Just in general. Yeah. But yeah, that's, so it's helpful to know. I mean, it's helpful to have that identified and it's awesome in, in Marlo's case that the principal is on it. Mm-hmm. Like they're aware that this is a thing, but what a hard thing to try to wrangle. Yeah. Because all kids have phones and you can't, even if you say no phones at school, that doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. No. And you're going to have parents who don't think it's an issue at all. I raise, I'm raising my hand. I didn't think it was an issue. And then, oh, wait a minute. My second child is very different from my first child. Holy shit. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. See, you have one and you think I can have more because I know how to do it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, you don't. You might oh, not. Oh, my first one. My first one is like, um, like I take full credit. Oh, I can't take full credit for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, She's man. just who she is. <laughs> but. Yeah. So um, I'm ready for all the shit that we're going to get about this. <laughs> just blame millennials. Just, just blame them. Yeah, just blame millennials. Root cause of it all. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we, we fucked it all up. It's okay. Honestly, some millennials probably invented group text, so you can blame them for that. You know what it is? It's because you guys weren't alive to watch... The, thrill, the thriller video. That's that's what did it? <laughs> I told you that's my benchmark. I'm like, were you alive when the thriller video was released? Oh my god, you weren't. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, that must be what it was, yeah. That explains <laughs> so much. I think if that, if that was an article that came out, is that millennials are the problem because they were not alive when thriller came out, that is an article I would read. I mean, like, yeah, okay, that sounds legit. Let's let's talk about that. Well, I mean, a whole other episode is like, what are the benchmarks of your generation? Like that, like for us, like, I mean, do you remember this? The the space shuttle Challenger exploding. Do you remember where you were? I guess for you guys, it's like, where were you on September 11th, right? Oh yeah, that's definitely a huge yeah. one. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm wondering what the benchmarks are going to be for like Lita's generation and for Marla's generation. So the election of ah, Donald Trump. Ah, it's scary to think about. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Where were you when you found out he was going to be president? Where were you when you found out that the UN came out with a report that basically the global warming is going to make the planet uninhabitable in 22 years? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Well, we just took a, a grim episode and made it little bit darker <laughs> so on that note if if you have any kids i mean i'd love to hear from from listeners who've maybe dealt with i, I mean in-person bullying but especially digital because it's a totally new space and you know maybe you've dealt with it yourself maybe you've dealt with it with teens or even even kids of marlo's age mm-hmm. and i'd like to know how people are dealing with it or how maybe their schools are dealing with it or what's happening so as always you can email us to stories at manicramblings.com or you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at manicramblings and of course patreon patreon.com slash manicramblings we're all over we're all over we're all over that's right and um 
Ugh, until next time, I'm gonna fucking pull it together. Fine, damn it. When I was your age, <laughs> when I was your age, I didn't, I didn't even have student debt. <laughs>